T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. Remember back in 2016, way back in 2016, when you decided to vote for maybe Donald Trump, and you had reservations uh, at the time. You, you thought, well, this guy doesn't seem like a real conservative. He lives in New York. He's a millionaire. He, he, he's on TV. He's donated to Democrats. But he says that he's going to appoint a pro-life Supreme Court justice. And that ended up being partially because of Mitch McConnell. So bravo to him on that. That ended up being Neil Gorsuch. And then, amazingly, he got the chance to appoint two more. This is the result of that. Good weekend to you. My name is Ryan Wiggins. This is Wiggins America. And so much, so much to unpack this week. And it's not just about Roe versus Wade either. But it is about the Supreme Court. Primarily what we're going to be talking about this morning is about the Supreme Court and all of the ramifications of all of the decisions that they gave this week. And they're not done yet. They're going to come back and do some more on Monday, maybe even Tuesdays. This has been an incredibly monumental, important, rights-defining term for the Supreme Court. It's really been amazing. And so a lot, a lot, lot, lot that we're going to get into. But yeah, let's start with Roe, of course, and let's start with Trump, because that is where it starts. I'm reading from Fox News here. President Donald Trump has praised the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe versus Wade, telling Fox News that the ruling will work out for everybody. Quote, this is following the Constitution and giving rights back when they should have been given long ago, Trump told Fox News. I saw a quote and I was looking for it. I couldn't find it again. 
that he had said that this decision was God's. Um, when he asked if he had a message for any of his supporters who may be pro-choice, Trump said, quote, I think in the end, this is something that will work out for everybody. This brings everything back to the states where it has always belonged. That's true. And that um, it really is at the center of this whole case is that when we're talking about overturning precedent, and that's the argument you're going to hear a lot. We're going to see we're going to see a whole lot of political gamesmanship over the next forever <laughs> regarding this issue. Um, but in, in the immediate, you're going to see the president and the Democrat run Congress try to pass basically Roe versus Wade through the legislature. The reason that they're doing that. Yeah, they never did it before. So the, the Supreme Court was absolutely right in overturning Roe versus Wade because Roe versus Wade was creating a law out of nothing. So you always want to respect precedent. I agree with that. But first, you respect the Constitution. Was there a constitutional right to abortion? No, that was not explicit in the Constitution. Can you infer it from the Constitution? No, you can't. So then after you answer those two questions as a justice, and this is really at any level, then you have to ask, well, what does the law say? Because the people elect representatives in a republic. They send them to Congress to make those laws for them. Did the legislature slash executive branch ever pass a law about abortion? The answer there also no. So then why did the court basically create a law about abortion? That's the heart of the issue. And that's why it was overturned by solid justices who looked at this. And you've heard this many times now, I'm sure, because if you're listening, you're probably pretty plugged into this. Ruth Bader Ginsburg had the same problem. Now, I don't know if she would have voted to overturn Roe versus Wade because even Justice John Roberts didn't actually. Well, I guess on a technicality, he sided with the majority here. So he was the sixth. It was 5-4 when the leak happened, which, by the way, we still have no idea who that was. Maybe they do internally, and maybe they've decided that they're going to keep it as an internal matter, and maybe that's why you've seen a very uh, harsh, course, harsh court against each other in these last several days and in these rulings. Um, I've written an article about it. It's up at 971talk.com about how Alito, <laughs> different issue, but it's the gun law, he wrote a concurrent opinion alongside the majority of which he was bashing the dissent, bashing the minority in that case. Usually if you're in the majority, you don't really do that. You issue your opinion, they have a dissent, and that's it. He actually issued almost a rebuttal to their dissent. So it, it's contentious. So it's possible that maybe they do know who leaked or maybe they suspect and strongly have a good feeling about who leaked it and it's not going to ever become public because they like keeping things private. And that that has caused a lot of animosity within the court itself. But back to Roe, um, this was the right call, and this is the way it should have. What ha should have happened is, starting in 1972, um, when abortion was becoming an issue, states should have had to deal with it. So by the time I was born in 1981, you would have had a lot of laws on the books on with states all over the country about whether abortion was going to be legal or illegal and what it would have looked like as the temperature of the country moved. Now, um, that never happened. So now you have people making decisions based on what has been not a law, 
but has been enshrined as law for 50 years. And it, it kind of it leapfrogged the whole process. And so you have good justices now who are saying, well, this should have been the way it is. And we're sort of going back to the way it should have been the whole time. And if you're wondering now how this plays out, here you go. States that have trigger laws that right now, as we speak, as of yesterday at 11 o'clock or right before that, um, all of these states, it, abortion is illegal. And I'm, I'm reading from a map here, so bear with me as I'm, I'm uh, just looking at a map. Idaho, Utah, Arizona, Wyoming, North and South Dakota, Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, the entire South, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana. None of these states probably surprise you. That's that's who you'd expect. Here's what's a little bit surprising, though. There are states, and this is, again, speaking to the fact that this has never really been litigated. Uh, Montana, Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa are dealing with it right now because they've just never had laws. Uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Virginia. Virginia is going to be very interesting because they have been trending blue, but right now they have actually a Republican majority up and down the line. So we'll see what happens there. They're all dealing with the issue as we speak. And based on the states, again, you know the politics basically of those states. You're thinking that they probably will outlaw it, but states like um, Michigan, Republican legislature, Democrat governor, Wisconsin is the same. Don't know what is going to happen there. So we'll see. All the states which uh, will have legal abortions still are basically along the lines of what you'd expect. You have the whole West Coast, including Nevada. You have New Mexico and Colorado. In the Midwest, you have Illinois and also, this one was kind of surprised to me, Minnesota. And on the East Coast, you have all of New England, including Maine, right down through New Jersey and Maryland and all of New York. So it's really not a huge surprise, and you know the outliers out there in the middle of the map is Hawaii. It's legal. Um, Alaska is one of those kind of middle states that's dealing with it now. So that's where things stand, and that's w- the new era that we're in. Is that these things are going to be side- decided at a local level, or at least more local than they had been in the past? For instance, in Illinois, all of Southern Illinois would ban abortion if given the chance, but Chicago runs Illinois, so it's not quite local, local. But it's much more local than it has been before. And my guess is, and here's a stat I would love to see. Somebody's got this stat somewhere. I've been searching for it. I haven't found it yet. Maybe nobody's got the informed statistic to be able to make this prediction. But how many more babies are going to be born in 2022 and 2023 than would have in 2021 or if abortion had been, you know, if Roe had remained? I would love to see that stat. Because you're, you're bringing it down to the real issue, which is how many lives are going to be saved. And then what do we do about it? Because we're gonna, if we're going to have a baby boom now, I mean, really, we're going to have to talk about what that means for foster care and for America at large. What we do as people who are in support of overturning Roe, we got to step up to the plate. You know, I had a conversation with uh, Mos- the leader of Mosaic a couple weeks ago about foster care and about what that's going to look like. So probably try to get her on this coming week when I fill in for Annie Fry. 
and maybe next week going into the holiday week. Uh, But I digress. A lot coming up on this show. We are going to get away from the Supreme Court temporarily here. I want to talk about some Soros stuff and some Kim Gardner DA stuff coming up in the next segment. And then we're going to jump right back into it. So stick around. Lots this morning on Wiggins America. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Man, what a topic that I've got here, and I don't even know where to start because it's so thick that we're in St. Louis, Missouri, so let's start with Kim Gardner. Now, this is a topic that's been tread over a lot. You already know about it because it's in the news all the time, and if you pay attention to Kim Gardner, you know that she's in a lot of hot water for doing a lot of really shady stuff, but ultimately, it's not just the shady stuff. It's not using the office inappropriately. Well, it is but not for the reasons that she is <laughs> uh, going to have to face up to the Missouri Supreme Court and possibly lose her law license. But she's using that office very, very inappropriately, being that she's supposed to be a prosecutor. She's the circuit attorney, and she doesn't ever prosecute crime. So you have police officers who will arrest somebody, and then you assume that the, count- the, the circuit attorney, the prosecutor comes in and says, okay, here's the crime you committed, Here's, and then it goes into sentencing. That's where it completely breaks down, where she never actually prosecutes the crime. So these people, they get, quote-unquote, arrested and then just set free. And that reputation spreads fast, guys. So if you know you're not going to face up to consequences, guess what happens with crime? Yeah, it goes way up. So here's where I'm looking at this. This all traces back to George Soros. And I've been looking into some... Some really good investigative journalism on this whole process. That at the so if, if you're looking at a graph, the top of the graph is George Soros. This guy's got a ton of money. He has completely changed the justice system in the United States, at least in cities. This man is so wicked and hates people so badly. I would go so far as to say that he hates urban people, he hates black people, because what he's doing is just ruining people's lives. It's sapping money. You want to talk about economic inequality? It is sapping money out of black communities because people with money 
won't come and invest. And I'm talking about basic stuff. I'm not talking about massive investment. I'm talking about you, you can't find a grocery store in a lot of these places. You've heard the term food desert before because nobody will open a grocery store or even a family dollar or a convenience store in these areas because they know how much crime is going to cost them that the bottom line becomes too blurry. Don't, don't do the investment. Not to mention that then nobody wants to live in areas like that where there are no businesses, nobody's investing any money. Nobody keeps up their houses as well because that costs money. So overall, you just depress, depress, depress the entire population, which is primarily black in areas that George Soros has funded prosecutors. So there's a huge reason for economic discrepancies right there. But that's not even really the point of this article. It's talking about the $13 million that George Soros has funded over the last, we'll say, six, seven years, maybe right about there. And so all of the things that we're talking about with Kim Gardner that you're very familiar with, if you're in St. Louis and the St. Louis media market, that's happening all over the place. Here's where else he has invested in these people. Virginia, Justice and Public Safety uh, in Virginia. New York, Texas, Illinois, Kim Fox, that's Chicago, Missouri, and then you go to Pennsylvania, California, and we can get into the specific cities that these are in, but sometimes in these states there are multiple people. So these are big cities. These are highly influential areas where he has funded prosecutors who won't prosecute crime, and it is such a problem that we don't, just don't know where it's going to end. The reason this is now a story is because we're seeing he and everybody who's invested in this is seeing the fruits of his labor. I mean, the defund the police movement, these are the things that he funds. Now, I can't always directly find the line between A and B, but with these, you can. You can actually look at, for instance, Kim Fox, $2 million from George Soros. Kim Gardner, $116,000 from George Soros. Uh, George Gascon, Los Angeles County, $4.7 million. Joe Gonzalez, San Antonio, Texas, $1.7 or $1.5 million. District Attorney for Dallas, John Krizwat, $337,000. I can go on and on and on and on. He is funding the destruction of cities. He would do this everywhere if people would elect Democrats. He's doing it in areas where he knows the Democrat's going to win. So he props up his chosen Democrat, and then that Democrat wins and basically cuts the legs off of the whole community and cuts the legs out from under the police departments, and you see violence and you see crime skyrocket. Why would somebody do that? I don't have the answer to that question, but I would like to ask that question to my Democrat friends. For some reason, if you bring up George Soros to a Democrat who you, even you're friends with, they just roll their eyes and go, oh, here we go with the Republican talking points. Because it is very similar to the Koch brothers, which you would, if somebody like 10 years ago goes, well, this is a Koch brothers thing. You go, oh, gosh, really? The Koch brothers, they don't have that much influence in politics. Well, they did have some influence. They would, they would pay for campaigns and candidates. But now they really have absolutely no say in politics. They've, they've completely pulled out. Uh, they, I don't think they really fund much of anything. They they got disillusioned in 2016 by Trump, like some never Trumpers did. And so they either 
hated him badly enough that they wouldn't fund the MAGA movement and they're completely out of it, or they had been funding politics for a long time and it was an excuse to get out. One of the two. George Soros is different than that, though. He's not just buying, you know, super PAC ads for J.B. Pritzker or something. He's going in at, at completely grassroots levels and paying for candidates to undermine the justice system. It is pretty remarkable. And it's worked. And until people start to realize that they have a choice in elections, because he's only able to do this in areas where there really is no choice. You get somebody funded well enough and they become your candidate, and then that candidate wins. That's how he's able to do it. Thankfully, he has not been able to do this in every city. He certainly has not been able to do it outside of cities. And that's a good thing. But fascinating stuff, just looking into the investigative journalism of it. So let's take a quick break. Right back. More Wiggins America. Wiggins America. I've been looking forward to talking to Trisha Siegman all morning because this story is dynamic. Oh, I'm and very plus, excited. Can you hear the tenor of my voice? I'm getting like a really good tone of my voice. This is how I know you're really serious yeah. about it too. Now yeah. I know. And you didn't prepare me at all. So no, but when I can say dynamic, it's, doesn't that sound bumps. good? Yeah. Mm. Right. I got chills. Yeah. What so, do you got? Okay. All right. The Texas GOP platform. You've, you've not heard anything about this? You've heard a little bit? Nothing. I really don't know anything okay. about this story. I mean, just like sitting down, you I mentioned it, so you, you've, I you know where Google we're headed I did a search, here. and I know that Texas GOP has a platform. Yes. They have a very, very, I hesitate to use the word extreme platform, but they're going all in on basically every issue that, for instance... YouTube would flag us for. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, this is now the party platform of Texas. This isn't a small thing. They're not trying to walk a moderate line. No, no. And, and that's that's why I think this is so interesting is because they're taking basically every big issue of the day and they're saying, we don't care what you think. This is what we're going to do. And there's lots of people doing that. I'm not saying like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're saying this. I can't believe that the whole party of Texas... I mean, the, it. The, this is a big, I mean, Texas GOP is a big part of the GOP. Well, and even, and I'm more familiar with the Missouri GOP than I am with whatever Illinois GOP. I know that those, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but the, like even like the Missouri legislature is very red, very uh, Republican controlled. And there is a lot of division in there is in the ranks there yeah. as far as like the spectrum of conservatism that yeah. that governs in the state. I'm glad you said it that way, because it always gets labeled as MAGA versus traditional conservatives or traditional Republicans. That's just not there's so much more of a spectrum than that. Mm-hmm. Because even people from the outside looking in, if you looked at my policy positions, people would say, oh, you're like ultra MAGA. I never think of myself that way. I just believe, and I think that's where a lot of people are where I'm at, is that you wouldn't go, I'm ultra MAGA. Because that's like Tea Party. That is flash in the pan. That's a response to things right now. Whereas we're looking at, this is the, the direction things need to go for a long, long time. And 
I just don't like the the sort of suddenness of well, that's a thing that's happening right now, and how do you squash it, or how do you light know, it on it's fire? It's hard to remember. It's hard to even. I don't think we had to to quantify it before Trump, but. There was there's always been a spectrum, right? There's always been people closer to libertarian, people closer to the middle, people to the far right, people to the far left. But then it became MAGA or Mitt Romney. Like those were the two types of Republicans. You were either you're Trump or Romney and that's it. There's no in between. And I I really don't know anybody. And we run in these circles. We Mm -hmm. run in all Republican, actually all political circles. We know lots of people in all of them. I don't know a single person who's like, I'm ultra MAGA. Like, it's just, it's just to, and I don't know a single person either who's like, well, I'm a moderate Republican. Nobody says that. It's it's funny that you say ultra MAGA, though, because Mark Cox actually has an ultra MAGA shirt. Oh, I know he does, but he grabs these cultural things and just slaps them on his chest, he you know? Really like, does. he's so brazen about it. He's, he's almost doing it comedically. Uh-huh, there's, a, there's a tongue-in-cheek vibe right. to it. It's I've great. always thought the same thing. I mean, since we're on the topic, and a little bit different. But the way that Christians are described in society in political circles is evangelicals. I have never been anywhere in a church where somebody goes, I'm an evangelical. (laughs) Right. I've never heard that term. It's a political term Mm -hmm. that people use to slap onto people. I think it's very similar to MAGA or... And I think a lot of people try to make, say, like, well, yes, I understand there's a label there, but let's call it America first because then... It, you know, Trump's going to die someday. And I think these are people who are thinking beyond Donald Trump. I mean, maybe he's not even the nominee in 2024 and then we're already past Trump, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a there's kind of a not a stigma, but a, 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 a movement to get away from the labels because they don't really apply to everything. Well, and in our in the way our country is constructed, they shouldn't last for long. Right. right. Like you don't. There are terms or elections or yeah. reasons that those things don't last forever yeah and the and the political wins and the social wins i mean they they blow and they change fast mm-hmm. i mean since i've been even here things have changed yeah. <laughs> i mean it's it's dramatic i watch <clears throat> the best example is watching tv shows from five six years ago or movies and things that were like maybe considered a little bit edgy but they were getting away with it not you know think things those things wouldn't even be produced now I mean, that's how fast culture is changing. But anyway, back to this GOP from Texas thing. I wanted to throw their platform. There's some of their major, and there's more than this, but these are some of the major uh, key keystone points of their platform now. Um, and just see what you think about it. President Biden is the acting president because he didn't win legally. <laughs> right? That's in writing in that the is, that Texas is GOP in there. platform. Yes. I mean, I don't know if that's, this is NPR, so they're going to be framing this very, very differently, but that's in there. I mean, the quote acting president is there. Hmm. So that's not them just rephrasing this. Um, let's see what else here. Texans should vote on seceding. Now, okay. now before we, we say, oh, they're talking about seceding. They're talking about using that as an arrow in their quiver to push back on federal overreach. I don't think they're actually saying Texas should secede. They're saying that they should hold up the vote at any given time, that that should be something that they at any moment would say, don't do this to us or else we'll vote on it. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't think the Texas GOP is actively saying Texas should secede from the union. How is it written, though? Well, I'm reading what. 
NPR is writing. Okay, well, but are there quotes around it? Like, do you think they lifted it off of the party platform? Okay, let me let me dig in here because I'm I'm reading the headlines to you. But that's there fair. is more I didn't on mean this. to put you on the no, spot no, no, there. That's okay. It's just yeah, I mean they may be using it as um like political um as yeah, part of their like pushback. yeah, as political pushback. Gamesmanship. But, but those there's some already some strong language that you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Texas should hold a referendum on seceding. That's that's Can the quote. Is Texas retains the right to secede from the United States, and the Texas legislature should be called upon to pass a referendum consistent thereto. So, they're not saying we should. They're saying we sh- we re- we reserve the right to vote okay. on it. We should threaten yeah. to anytime we don't. Before we move on, thoughts on that? I mean, I think that is a strong position for a party to take. I don't think that that's ever going to happen, but I don't know because I've only been in the grand scheme of the country and the world and the universe. I've only been around for a very, very, very minute point of time. So uh, it seems extreme to me, but. Yeah, it it does to me too. What it sounds like to me is, especially after we talked about it for a minute, it sounds like you better do what we want or else we're taking our toys and going home. We're vo- voting to take our toys and go home. Well, that's exactly what it is. I don't think <clears throat> I don't think you're way off there. I think that's exactly what this is. But you have to realize who's playing. It's not just Timmy and Tommy playing and one of them gets mad at the other and goes, well, I'm going to take all my stuff and go home then. <clears throat> so, Timmy, you better play what I want to play. This is uh, a big kid on the playground bossing the other kids around and the little kid going... I'm not even going to play your game if you continue this. Mm-hmm. I think that's a better analogy. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, the Voting Rights Act of 1965 should be repealed. What is... They, they say nothing about it. They just say that it should be repealed. What is the Voting Act's right of 1965? Well, as far as I understand it, it has a lot to do with segregation and um, making sure that there's no... You're not sort of like putting racial groups into certain districts entirely. <clears throat> so there's a lot of whenever there's district drawing mm-hmm. um, and it's used now as a political weapon. It has absolutely nothing to do with race. But if if a map is so gerrymandered that they that it, a one party goes, well, we're not being represented well, they'll use the Voting right, Rights Act of 1965. And both parties do it. It's mm-hmm. not like Republicans or Democrats do it exclusively. They'll both call upon that to say, you're using racial lines inappropriately. Well, they don't actually care about the racial lines. They care about how the party's playing out. And so I th- th- there's very little in the platform about why they want it repealed. But I would imagine it's just because it's one of the only federal voting regulations that there is beyond the state Mm -hmm. and they're saying federal government should have nothing to do with the state but i actually read this part because i was curious why that and they say almost nothing about it it just says we well here i'll I'll pull the well and from the article too and this is an npr article correct so oh yeah taking that piece out of context is advantageous for whoever's putting that article together so that actually might not be as inflammatory as it sounds, especially yeah. after you break it down a little bit. Yeah, it just uh, and this is this is why it's funny to read these NPR articles because they'll quote before saying, "Well, here's they want to take away the Voting Rights Act of 1965," 
which the Justice Department calls the most successful piece of civil rights legislation ever adopted. That's what, okay. you know, that, but, <laughs> but, but the Texas, Justice Department says it's the most amazing piece yeah. of legislation in the whole history of all the legislation. Right, right. Yeah. Keep in mind this is great <clears throat> and that they want to get rid of it. Here's what they say. Uh, but the quote is equal suffrage for all United States citizens of voting age. That's all it says. We want to get rid of it. Equal suffrage. <laughs> okay. I, I don't understand really, mm-hmm. but okay. Um, it says to be repealed and not reauthorized. Very, very short. The last one is, of course, and especially being in Texas right now, very hot button. Any gun control is a rights violation. Hmm. Thoughts? I guess thoughts overall. Like, do you think this is a good position for a party to take right now? Or do you think that it's strategic? I mean, what do you think? I don't know. I think if any party was going to be, if any state in the country was going to be able to have a strong stance on things, it's Texas's GOP, right? And the GOP isn't necessarily the governing body of the state, but they do produce the candidates and yep. they do, I'm sure, hold the majority of voters, at least their attention and their the loyalty to them. I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to have a little more context on some of these things. Yeah. I don't know how often they're threatening to secede. I don't know how often. What was the first one we talked about again? It was again? that President Biden is the acting president because he didn't win legally. So I don't love the whole election integrity thing. I don't I I don't I just don't love that. I and I don't know that it makes sense especially without having actual verifiable evidence that's been you know widely fleshed out to take a stance on it they're citing true the vote in 2000 mules they're saying that's the they're they're saying i'm not saying that's that's true i i'm not saying that 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 evidence isn't true necessarily but i don't think that we've actually reached a consistent consensus thank you very much ryan uh as a nation that that's the case and i think that it's risky business to keep trying to play that card and i think for a party a major party like that in a in a state that's you know controlling the narrative i think that's a bit dangerous yeah well we won't we won't reach a consensus because i i was actually listening back so next week i'm doing a fourth of july special and kind of doing not quite a best of but just kind of a little bit of a year in review and uh, looking back a little bit as we look forward, you know, J- July 4th, kind of a good time to do that. And so I was listening back to some of the segments that I've done over the last six months. And one of them was in either late April or early May. And it was about 2000 mules. Obviously the movie hadn't come out yet, but there was, I was highly anticipatory of it and, and still haven't seen it because it's like vacation to me. Like I can't wait to see it so much that I want it to be in the, in the foreground, not in the background. And you're like holding a special uh, yeah. place for it. It's I'm something like, to look forward to. Yeah, and I want to watch it with my wife. I like like mm-hmm. make an event out of it. And we've actually been on vacation, so we haven't had a lot of time. And I keep kind of pushing it like, oh, it's okay. We can push that back to next week because I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I want to have something to look forward to. But um, I do know a lot about the movie. I've researched a lot of it, and I've researched True the Vote and a lot of that stuff. And uh, what I said at the time was... That movie is going to give conservatives, just based on Dinesh D'Souza's reputation, that movie is going to give people finally something to point to, Mm -hmm. to say, but this. And it has done that. 
They've attacked the integrity of geo-tracking and really made that a weird issue because up until now, that had never been an issue. Everybody was fine with looking at cell phone data to determine where you've been. And I mean, Justice Roberts, John Roberts, who's not exactly a conservative, he said in Supreme Court rulings that you can use cell phone data almost like an ankle bracelet to determine where people have been and what they've been doing. And for some reason now, that's an issue. And to me, that says, okay, if th- if there's no consensus on video proof along with all this geo data about people going to headquarters and then to ballot boxes and dropping off ballots, and then you can see them doing on, on half of them, we're never going to get to a consensus. So I don't think your position is crazy to think that the GOP is going like – the Texas GOP is going a little bit far mm-hmm. with saying those things. I think that it would more if, – if it were me – writing this and nobody literally nobody anywhere asked me uh i would think more upholding election integrity going forward should be a priority and pointing to that film as something and i I haven't watched it either i'm kind of in the same camp as you we've covered it i've listened to dinesh on multiple occasions you know we've had multiple interviews with him Uh, i think he's brilliant uh and i don't necessarily know that i don't believe that there aren't questions that we'll never get answers to or that need answers it's just at this point what's going to happen with 2020 right let's so Uh, so as a party i'd say take the position of here in texas we want to make sure that there are never any questions ever again yeah well i i will say that i love going two feet into the pool i'm totally in favor of a, a party doing that especially with these issues in particular like voting integrity to me if you don't have that, you don't have anything. And yes, looking forward, Brad Range on the Annie Fry Show said something this week that I'm like, that's that's probably the best quote I've heard about election integrity. Came out of him. So I'm going to give him credit for it. He said, when you argue a call with the umpire, you're never going to get that call. Like the safe or out, you're never going to get him to change at that moment unless there's video evidence. Oh, hey, kind of went in there. Um, but you're always arguing for the next call. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're, you're going to intimidate him and say, you got that call wrong so that the next time there's a borderline call, you get the next one. And I'm like, that's actually a pretty good strategy. That doesn't mean I'll stop talking about 2020, but I also, we're not going to remove him from office at this point, even because when evidence comes out, they just keep sweeping it under the rug. So it's not going to happen, but you do have to keep bringing it up. Otherwise, nothing will change in the future. So kind of with you on that. Um, let's take a short break. We'll come right back, do a short segment, and then Trisha's going to come right back in the second hour. Wiggins America, thanks for being here. Wiggins America. Wiggins America. Oh, your pigs and poses. Go down, your blood red roses. Go down. I left like three minutes for myself here like an idiot. So about 15 things I want to get to outside a row. How about this one, though? Justin Trudeau, along with many Democrat politicians here in the United States, pretty much required you to get a vaccine. So if you were not willing to stick something in your arm or your butt or (laughs) I have no idea. Can you get it in your butt? (laughs) Please, somebody don't cut that clip out of me saying that. Um, Somebody do it right now. Go to CVS. Just do the drive-thru in case in case you can't. And ask them in the drive-thru of CVS, 
can I get it in? <laughs> can I get it in my butt? And uh, let them assume that you're talking about the vaccine, and find out, and let me know, and report back. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, my body, my rights. <laughs> Justin Trudeau tweeted out: No government politician or man should be able to tell a woman what she can and can't do with her body. I want women in Canada to know that we will always stand up for your right to choose <laughs> bodily autonomy. <clears throat> I kid you not. This is the guy who less, I mean, he might, this might still be a rule or law, whatever they have in Canada. Because <laughs> what are laws anymore? As long as the president says it, it's just a law. that <laughs> You can't. I don't know if you can leave the country on a plane if you don't have a vaccine. You are going to lose your job. They had to have truckers. For, they're not even conservative in Canada. They had to have people protesting that they wouldn't deliver food so that they could get rid of the vaccine mandate. <laughs> and he tweets out, uh, nobody should be able to tell a person what they can or can't do with their body. I mean... You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> anyway, go to CVS and ask about the butt thing. Um, before we jump away here, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit at the end of next hour, North Carolina Republican lawmakers win right to intervene in court and defend the state's voter ID law. Can you believe that? You know how many cases that the Supreme Court has decided this week? It is unreal. The the magnitude of the cases and the breadth, it's not just the depth, how big they are. How, it's, it's the breadth of them. There are so many. I mean, we're talking about school choice they decided on, even if they weren't intending to. That's what the main case was. Maine as in Maine the state, not Maine case. Roe versus Wade is the main case, M-A-I-N. Man, what am I doing? I said I got three minutes, and I'm wasting it doing this. <laughs> ah, Thanks for being up with me. I'm just going to conclude. We're going to come back to this stuff. Lots more about all these Supreme Court cases because they're super important. And let me tell you what. They've all gone exactly how you'd hope. What a great day. All right, Wiggins America, we'll be right back. Go down your blood red roses. Go down. Wiggins America. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.